0: professor peter Yakabuchi from buff state professor good morning good morning joe how are you doing well this morning i, I have to say uh, you know so this talk of term limits comes after the overturning of roe v wade and it's one of the few things in america where the poll comes out and a majority of republicans and democrats support term limits uh, professor what's the likelihood of this ever
1: happening uh, very slim. Uh, let me let me be honest. The the Democrats right now control both chambers of Congress and the presidency, and there is very little appetite of this happening, even within the Democrats. While the Democrats did put through a bill, as you mentioned um, a little earlier on the radio program, the chance of that bill even passing the strongly held democratically controlled House is pretty unlikely.
0: Why is that when it looks like a majority of Americans say they would like to see term limits?
1: Well, I think the biggest uh, hindrance is uh, the president right now. Joe Biden's an institutionalist. Joe Biden has been in Washington, D.C. for over half a century. He believes in the institutions of our government, whether it's the court, whether it's Congress and whether it's the presidency. And the idea of uh, reshaping the court um, in a way it hasn't been. Um, changed in over a century just is not on Joe Biden's agenda.
0: You know, has this ever come up before this talk of term limits uh, to the point where it was brought as a bill on the floor of Congress?
1: Well, it's not so much that if you go back to, you know, if we're back into the 19th century, the idea that a person would be appointed as a justice of the court and then would serve decades on the court was, I don't wanna say unheard of because you have Justice Marshall and Justice Daney, but it was pretty un, un uh, not regular. Um, the idea was you got appointed to the court, you served a few years, um, less than a decade, and then you left. Um, it wasn't that we have today, we have justices literally being picked because of how young they are, because you know how long can they last on the court? Can they last 30 years, 40 years on the court? That's new. That's new in the last you know twenty five thirty years.
0: What about this idea of a retirement age that's also been floated?
1: um i I actually kind of like that idea, and i but I do go back and forth on it because a couple of reasons. One, um there's no indication that the writing, the um, argumentation of older justices is any worse or any better than younger justice. It's not that, you know, you think of a, a possible retirement age for someone with, you know, driving a car because their physical abilities um decline. There's, there's no indication of that on the court. So in that case, I would be against it. The other side of it is, as I mentioned before, the idea that a person gets appointed to the court and then can serve four decades on the court well beyond the political pressures and the political opinions that existed when they were put on the court makes the court, you know, sort of backdated, is simply not up to date with where the country is today.
0: You know, so again, you know, the Roe v. Wade, and that's when all this talk about the Supreme Court has really happened. I mean, you turn on any cable news network, uh, there is a segment of their time, uh, they're still talking about the Supreme Court. Do you see anything happening when it comes to the Supreme Court as a result of this overturning uh, of the, the outrage that we have seen? Do you see anything happening in Washington when it comes to the Supreme Court?
1: Um, I People need to understand that the court had a radical shift this last term. Um, the court has always been, at least since uh, President Nixon, relatively conservative. And I say relatively conservative compared to the American public opinion. If you take the average American person's public opinion, not person, the average public opinion in America. What happened this last term is the court went dramatically more conservative than the average American. And I think and it did so very actively. It took cases it didn't need to take. It made decisions it didn't need to take. For all the complaining that we heard for decades of we don't want an activist court, This court has been the most activist court we have seen in over a century, aggressively challenging Congress's rule, challenging state's rule. Um, And and, in the most cases, they've been on a conservative viewpoint. So I think, you know, you started the program by saying people um, on both sides of the political aisle um, uh, are looking at term limits because that's what I don't think people want in a court. They don't want a court making decisions they would rather see the president and Congress negotiate out decisions instead of everything being kicked to the court, and then the court becomes this imperial sort of rogue body that makes all the decisions for us.
0: So, looking looking into the future, because you know I like to you know set up a, a, a hypothesis, you know hypo- hypothetically, let's say 2024, Joe Biden doesn't run and another Democrat runs and is elected. Do you see? Other members of the Democrat Party who could potentially be president, either pushing for term limits or something we heard about—not from uh, Joe Biden, but we heard discussed in 2020—the idea of packing the court. Do you think we will get to a time where politics or politicians will get to that point?
1: Well, you know, that's coming from the left side of the Democratic Party, the progressive side of the party. I there's at least. The way I understand politics right now across the country, while progressives are on the rise within the left, the same way that uh, Christian nationalists are on the rise on the right, I don't see the, the progressives ever taking over the majority, the dominant position within the Democratic Party. And as a result, I don't know if they would ever have the electoral strength within both the House and the Senate and the presidency to get something like that through. Things times can change. As I said, if the court continues on its path that it's on right now, essentially rewriting constitutional law, um, you could see opinions change. Uh, We'll see whether, you know, we'll have to see in time whether this uh, term of the court um, is followed up by another very strongly pushing radical activist term on the court, pushing to the right. If you see that repeatedly, Then I think you could see uh, the political uh, winds change and maybe an idea of term limits or the idea of a mandatory retirement, um, which would just take a bill through Congress. It just have to pass through Congress um, could be enacted. You know,
0: with the uh, Roe v. Wade, we we saw or we're hearing now, you know, John Roberts' push uh, to not make that happen. Now, John Roberts, appointed by um, President George Bush, you know, thought to be more conservative, obviously, leans to the right. Uh, What do you think, John Roberts, as the Chief Justice, what will, obviously, he's still in the Supreme Court, so this might be a little premature to ask, but what is his uh, legacy going to be as a judge?
1: Well, I think when he took his uh, position on the court back in the 2000 knots, he became essentially the, well, first it was Justice Kennedy, but then when Justice Kennedy stepped off the court, he became the median voter on the court. So all the major cases came through him. If he decided one way, he had either four conservatives on his side or four liberals on his side. When uh, Justice sorry Ginsburg passed away and was replaced by a conservative, that shifted the balance of the court and now justice roberts finds himself floating while still a conservative jurist he's not as conservative as the five conservative justices to his right and as a result the court now is really sam alito's court and it becomes the decisions he wants to make become the most important decisions Whereas Roberts used to have the ability to pull his conservatives more to the center and maybe in some cases pull the liberals more to the, consider the, to the center, that's gone. Now you have five very, very conservative justices without John Roberts that can push through any decision they want. Looking at
0: the state of politics today, on the left or on the right, do you think there will ever be another justice like John Roberts when it comes to that moderate vote?
1: The term ever? I hope so. Um, I hope we can get more members of the court that are in the center. Um, The country does not do well when it's you have hard right versus hard left. And this idea of the hollowing out of the center, um, which has been happening now, you know, for for a decade. um, And there's no indication in polling that it's getting any less. Um, And that's bad. That's bad for democracy. Democracy shouldn't be, we have the votes, we can enforce anything we want. Democracy should be, let's come together as a consensus, all of us, and come with something that we can live with. And right now, that's not what's happening on the court. Um, What's happening on the court is you see an ideological right-leaning center on the court making all the major decisions and not compromising with the left at all. Now, having said that, the left was very similar to that during the 19, late 50s and 1960s. Um, that's what they did. And so will there be an adjustment period, you know, in the future where, okay, maybe we elect more liberal and more Democratic-leaning presidents and Congresses and Senates, and as a result, the court begins to shift back to the left, probably at some point. But with the members of the court right now, I wouldn't expect the court to shift to the left anytime in certainly in the next decade
0: all right speaking of those decisions uh, another term uh, you know when we get to another term what are decisions that we could be hearing a lot about you know i feel like the last day of this term was the most focus i can remember on supreme court decisions uh, what are some decisions that we might be seeing this court uh, make in the next term
1: Well, the court hasn't filled its docket yet for next year, but there are two cases that I'm really looking at. Um, The first case is the case that involves the idea of an independent state legislature when it comes to elections. If the court adopts an argument that was made by President Trump's lawyers that under the textual interpretation of the Constitution, state legislatures, not voters, Not the uh, state officials that run elections, but the state legislature decides who wins the electoral votes for the presidency, then that dramatically takes away the presidency from democracy. And that's a big deal. We know that that's what President Trump was trying to do post uh, the last 2000 election. Um, So that's a very big case. The other case that interests me is a case called Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard. And that's a case that's going to ask the court directly. Do we want to let universities, and in a greater sense, government agencies, make decisions based on race? Ken, is there such a thing as affirmative race-based affirmative action allowable anymore in the United States? We have had race-based affirmative action programs for more than half a century that has helped to sort of equalize, to some extent, racial disparities in the country. This case is going to ask the court directly Should race be considered in any way under any government program, that's a major, major decision that could be coming from the court.
0: I got to ask you, and I know I didn't ask you about this one. So if you have no if you have no um, no opinion, I I completely understand. Um, But we heard this week that the DOJ is looking into former President Trump. A a lot of stuff that we've heard on the January 6th committee. Uh, In your opinion, will anything come of that?
1: Um, that, Yeah. you should bring on Merrick Garland. Um, ask our current attorney general. I mean, really, it will be his decision of whether the charges come before President Trump. Um, the more that I will say politically, one of the worst political decisions the Republicans have made in the last 30 years is uh, Majority Leader uh, Kevin McConnell not having, or uh, Kevin McCarthy not having Republicans on the January 6th committee. Um, and the problem with that is. The committee has full authority to issue subpoenas to everybody that worked in the Trump White House. um, And they've been bringing up more and more information that is looking worse and worse for President Trump. And, you know, now it becomes up to Merrick Garland. How much does he take that information and what charges does he want to bring against the president? Um, And and we'll see. Just like Watergate took years, um, it takes years to go through this. Um, We'll see what happens in the future, but it's up to Merrick Garland whether or not he wants to charge the president. There seems to be, and I'm I'm not obviously sitting at the table, but the evidence that the committee has brought forth seems to indicate that the former president was involved in the planning of the insurrection of the United States.
0: It, it's uh, interesting you say that, Professor, about uh, Kevin McCarthy's decision to vote against because Congressman Chris Jacobs, when that was going on, said on this show um, that that would come back and uh, hurt Republicans. And uh, as you said, it looks like um, he wasn't wrong.
1: That's correct. I mean, that's correct. And, and um, that the committee hearings have been gripping not only from what they're uh, presenting to the American public, but how they have been presenting them. And um, if for those Americans that have been paying attention, it is eye opening. Do you think going back and and you you kind of said this, but do you
0: think if Kevin McCarthy had voted and there was a Jim Jordan on the committee that more Americans would be tuned in and not view this as, uh, quote, witch hunt?
1: Would more Americans be tuned in? That's a good question. You know, look, we're in the middle of what I think is the greatest July we've ever had in Buffalo. Um, not many people are watching TV, right? We're all outside enjoying this beautiful weather. Um, would it make a difference? I, I don't know. Um, I think it would have given material for media outlets that support the former president, President Trump. It would have given them a lot more material to show. And instead, without having Republicans there, um, those media outlets that support the former president have largely just ignored um, the committee. So I think you would have seen it more, but I think what you would have seen would have not been what's currently shown on the media that is showing the material from the committee.
0: Professor Peter Iacobucci, thank you so much for joining me this morning.
1: Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone